0: Here we come, blue and white, and we're looking good. We'll be in for a fight, and we fight pretty good. Getting goals is our job, and we get goals good. Looking good, we are Carlisle United.
1: Hello, everyone. You're listening to the Brunton Bugle, the number one place to get your Carlisle United fix in the podcast world. I'm Lee Rooney, and I'm Dan McLeaned. Brunson Park nil. Jack Frost 1. The Cumbrian Derby falls foul of the weather, but United remain in the playoff positions. We reflect on that postponement and the upcoming winter fixture list, including a preview of this weekend's clash from Northampton Town at Sixfields got there in the end, don't we? A that, that, bit more difficult this week, because as you can probably tell by hearing my voice right now, I've got a bit of a cold, um, as we both have actually done, haven't we? So it's... Um, yeah,
2: you, you, you've you got the cough, I've got the sniffles.
1: Yeah, so this, it, 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 this could be, even though it's supposed to be actually quite a short recording for the pair of us, this could actually end up being quite a bit longer <laughs> than we intended. But uh, yeah, how you doing, mate?
2: Yeah, not bad, it's not bad.
1: A bit disappointed about last weekend being off?
2: Yeah, I think, I think from Tuesday to Wednesday, it was obvious it was going to be a battle, I mean, it's normally, when we get a cold spell round these parts, it's a couple of days, but this has been a, it's been a solid week now, hasn't it? So, yeah. It's, and if, if anything, we're recording on Wednesday. Last night was probably the coldest night in a lot, to be fair.
1: Yeah, it's been pretty cold down here. I think it was minus four in the morning, actually. This minus
2: morning four? I About yeah. minus ninety uh, well, Yeah,
1: well, you're a bit further up, aren't you, then, Liverpool? But there yeah. you go. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I've, I've sort of split on it and... With the weather being as it was, I was kind of glad it was called off because it it wouldn't have been much fun standing in that cold for the ninety minutes and having to drive back down to watch the England game later as well. I'm, I'm part me was kind of like, you what know, you
2: what? With the been all jumping up and down like an Argentinian tennis because we've well, been five up and halftime. Well, that's the thing because all I'm... my goal scorers from the uh, from the
1: uh, abandoned the, episode, the... yeah, yeah. So basically if it, Nolly, you'll have got to hear it, but Dan sent in his predictions last week. In fact, tell you what, I'm going to try and dig out your prediction because I think I've still got it (laughs) saved here somewhere. So let me see if I can find Dan's prediction. I think this is the right one. So this is what Dan predicted for the Barrow game.
2: If we manage to beat the cold spell and the game is on, I'm going for a solid 8-0 win (laughs) with goals from Edmondson, Dennis, Moxon, Guy... Feeney, Huntington, Mellish – sorry, I'll have to scratch Feeney, he'll be injured, won't he? Uh, Armour to finally get one,
1: and Gibson if he plays. So, yeah, that was your quite extraordinary uh, prediction for the Barrow game, wasn't it, Dan?
3: Yeah.
1: There you go. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of one of those ones, isn't it, where we look back and think to yourself ah. – it's just the way it is, isn't it, really? Yeah.
2: And uh the the club have just announced a couple of hours yeah. ago it will be replayed on Tuesday, the thirty first of January. Couldn't they play on a Saturday? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, what a lot there. of people haven't realised is third round cup day, yeah, League Two has a full programme of twelve has games. Always, Always has them. done. Yeah. The only teams that don't play are those that get through to the third round of the Cup. So, yeah. obviously, we were meant to be Hartlepool at home. Then in the Cup, I think they yeah. play Stoke, is it? Uh, yes, I think, I think it's they
1: Stoke. do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So,
2: obviously, Carlisle Hartlepool's postponed. Immediately, as soon as that happened weeks ago, people started saying, well, we can play Bano that day. I don't think Mansfield would be too happy in <laughs> losing a game,
1: It's <laughs> a game, to see how it goes. <laughs> but, um, but, uh, but, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what some people also don't seem to realise is that the EFL insists that games are played at the earliest possible date, don't they? Now, you have to allow over Christmas the fact, you know, the bad weather, you can sometimes drag it a bit further. And early in um, January as well, there's issues with FA Cup replays and things like that. But in this case, it was just a case of... This is the first one after having put the higher pill game on the 24th. So it's going to be a busy few weeks, though, isn't it? I'm just, looking there. I'm, ju-
2: I'm, ju- I'm just looking at the fixtures. Uh, the end of January... We've got Bradford away, Hartlepool at home, Rochdale away, and Barrow at home now. Yeah. A little run of four, four games in uh, two weeks.
1: And actually, we've got four sorry, three home fixtures on Tuesday night in the space of four weeks. Yeah. The only, the only gap is the February the 7th, I think. Yeah, we which 14th. could
2: end up being filled up if, yeah. if any if. other games uh, fall foul.
1: Perhaps this weekend. We'll have to wait and see on that one, won't we? But there you go. Yeah. Um, right, well, let's get into it. It's going to be a slightly different episode today. So basically, what's going to happen is... Um, I'm, we're going to do all the, the usual news bits. Me and Dan will cover that now. And when that's done, what we'll do is we'll play you the match review bit that me and Mike did for last week's episode. So you've got all that in there. Then we'll have the break-off and then we'll preview the Northampton game. We have got a Behind Enemy Lines as well for this week, which is... Uh, a really good listen, actually. A really good guy, uh, Danny, from the uh, It's All Cobblers to Me pod. So, uh, yeah, that, look forward to that. Um, and, yeah, so we'll, we'll try and keep it as as much of a normal pod as possible. It's going to come out, you'll know by now, it's coming out a bit earlier than usual because um, I'm supposed to be going away to Belfast this weekend, although it's not looking great for me at the moment with this cold. Um, and, yeah, so it, whether the game's on or not, it, you're going to get a pod this week. So there you go. Right, first off, um let's do the sponsors and the, the usual uh, information about where you can find us on social media. We're very proud to say that once again this season the podcast has been sponsored by the Callie Knight Sports Club London Branch. The London Branch is open to all Callie Knight fans. They've got members from Cornwall to Dundee and Houston, Singapore and of course every part of London and the South East. They regularly meet up on away trips as well as arranging many social events, sports games and fundraising for the club. They'll be providing us with information for the away games as part of the preview section this season too. You can find out more about the London Branch at their website www.carlarlondonbranch.org Just a reminder also, if you don't already, please do subscribe to the podcast. You can do that on any good podcast app, wherever you get your podcasts, Whether that's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Pocket Casts, any good podcast app. you just search for The Brunton Bugle, um, click subscribe, and then every time a new episode comes out, you will get it straight into your inbox. And if you don't already, please do uh, follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, at Brunton Bugle. Uh, Same address on Instagram, at Brunton Bugle. Um, If you search for The Brunton Bugle on uh, Facebook and click like, you can follow us there. And, uh, yeah, we're also on the Be Just On Fear Not Facebook group, um, which is a fantastic community. Over 3,000 people in there we would recommend joining it, definitely. Uh, we're on the net message board. And you can find us on email, bruntonbugle at com. Okay, then let's uh, do the news section and the uh, the loan watch. I don't think any of the loan lads played in any of the games this weekend, did they, I don't think. So we're going to cover what they did last time, I think. I might be wrong on that one. I do apologise if I am wrong.
2: I'd be surprised if I did, given the... Uh... The cold snap, the, yeah. The whitewash across the north wasn't indeed, many
1: games, indeed, on. Indeed. So first up, um well, uh it's a bit of news about um the Cumberland Cup. Um so United <coughs> apologies, United are into the uh, next round of the Cumberland Cup after their second the second string uh saw off Branstey Rangers, uh six nil at Penrith Frenchfields. Um a decent run out for the for the lads this one, wasn't it, Dan?
2: Yeah, uh, I I was hoping to get to this, but uh Work meant I couldn't, uh, but I know a couple of 4K went, and obviously we had you know, we played Gabe Breeze, Sonny Hilton, Jamie Devitt, Toby Shaw Silver, the now departed Duncan Ideham. Yes, and cover him in a
1: Joel,
2: minute. Joel Senior got another 80 minutes, so we had quite a strong team out there. Mm. Uh, we're always going to be strong favourites. You know, Toby got a hat trick, uh, Jamie Devitt got one, and Young Mason Hardy got a brace, so. You know, it was a good run out for our our players who haven't had many minutes. Yeah. We, were, we were meant to be playing Accrington this week, but I'm guessing that's
1: long postponed with the weather. Yeah, it's common sense, isn't it? Really, there's no point in playing yeah. a game on pitches like this at the moment. So, um, so yeah, no, I think the big positive there's got to be Joel Senior, hasn't it, Dan? Getting through 80 minutes and, uh, and a few definitely, crunching definitely. tackles on him as well, which, you know. You don't want players to go easy on him. You want him not, you don't want them to put silly tackles in, but you want them to, you know, be physical and, and getting ready for because he's gonna have to put up with that when he gets into the, the first team, isn't he, you'd think.
2: Yeah. yeah, I think Paul Simpson mentioned this in an article on the official mm. site that there'd been a couple of tackles where he'd fired in and you're like oh, and he's just got up, shook himself down and carried on, which is, you know, exactly what you want to hear. Yeah. So it looks like he's coming back to fitness just at the right time. Absolutely.
1: Well, um, let, let's touch on uh, Duncan Iden then, Dan. Uh, that news emerged, actually, I think, while we were recording last week, funny enough. So, um, uh, yeah, Duncan Iden has, has left the club uh, after his uh, six-month loan spell was brought to a, a, an end early. Not a massive surprise, this one, is it, really?
2: No, not really. Uh, I think he'd sort of went and spoke to Paul Simpson and said, look, I'm not going to get a game. I may as well sort of go back to Bristol and at least play 21s, you know which is fair enough. And like Paul Simpson said, he's, he doesn't want to keep an unhappy player here. Uh, you know, he came in. Is is he better than Jack Armour or John Mellish at the moment? No. You yeah. know, so, you know, he was only ever going to play pizza Trophy games and whatnot. So, well, is, yeah, is it, sensible, sensible decision all round.
1: It's interesting because um, th- there was a comment in there from Simpson, wasn't there, basically, about the fact that he, he brought him in thinking he may be able to fill in a, a wing-back as well, but very quickly realised he's probably not that, the kind of player we wanted at wing-back, so yeah, yeah, he was yeah. always ever only competing with John Mellish and, and the problem is John Mellish has just been outstanding this season, and there's, there's, yeah, there's yeah. no way you'd... You, and, and you'd I
2: think happen. if Jack Armour had had a couple of games out with injury, you would maybe have seen Ida Hen come in on the left-hand side and Mellish actually play at wing-back.
1: Yeah. Back. You possibly. know, I mean, that's the only way it would have probably worked. Well, I think Mike said last week when we recorded, he said that the the nail in the coffin for him was the Harrogate game when Melish was out suspended, and Simo basically, Shoehorn's probably the wrong way to it, but he basically put Corey Wheel in there instead of I didn't yeah, basically, yeah. and you get to that point, you think that's probably where he probably thought him. So I'm not getting a chance here, am I? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it, I don't think there's any bitterness about. It. I think I think Simo's like fair play to that, He wants to play games. There's no problem with that at all, really. And yeah, yeah. Sometimes you got to earn your place, don't you? It's the same with our lads who are out on loan we- as well. They, you know, they all have to to work hard to um,
2: also freeze the place up for January too.
1: It does, yeah. I think we all expected that to come anyway, come January, yeah. didn't it? And um, there's still questions about Finn Back's loan and what's going to happen with that. I think Simo's commented on that again today. He's still discussing with Forest. I mean, oh, come on, guys, you, you, you're Premier League club. You can afford to take him back, can't you? And give, yeah. give us a bit of a financial. And, and, I think
2: it. the indication was I mean, we what- from what I read into that was, we would like to keep him, but they would pay him for January, February, March, basically. Okay. Because we we're paying we're obviously paying something for him, yeah, but we're getting zero return.
1: So you know, yeah, it's it, it's a tough one to judge, isn't it? I suppose, and yeah, a, a personally, uh, for me, he's only going to get maybe. Eight or nine games at the end of the season, isn't it? Well, yeah, so it's, yeah, it, it's a tough one, isn't it? Yeah. Um, something else I think that also emerged actually after the um, after the last this week was um, the uh, the fine that the club got for the Warsaw game, didn't they? So obviously the incident that happened after the Walsall game, a bit of a set two amongst the the, the players, wasn't there? And uh, both clubs have been, I think, charged and found guilty i suppose that's the way of putting it of um failing to control their players now walsall have been fined at 1500 pounds we've been fined 3000 pounds and the people are a bit like why, why is that the case you know what why are we getting fined more you know they, they part instigated and stuff what it is we still had something on our record from the Tranmere game last season basically
2: yeah. but basically it's 1500 each and because we've got a previous i was in yeah. trouble doesn't it
1: yeah basically that's essentially what it is. So, so there you go. Just just one of those things. And you you, you move on on that one. Um, I'm, I'm trying to see. If we we, we look this.
2: forward to beating them at
1: Wembley in the playoffs. Yeah, uh, only other a bit of news I'm thinking of here. Dan, a uh, new physio is going to be in place for the Boxing Day game against Bradford City. So interesting. Yeah, to see who that
2: no, is. no, no names out there yet. We we we've, we've not heard anything, you know. So no, we're still waiting. To, it's, it's obviously someone working the notice at wherever they work.
1: So yeah, we'll have to wait and see who that's going to be. Um, actually, one bit of news that did um, emerge just before um, we recorded today. Actually, a little bit of sad, well, yeah, sad news, isn't it? Um, about Nick Anderton former Blues captain, those who've been following it may know that um, he's been battling bone cancer, is not he, uh, over the last yeah, few yeah. months. Um, he's put a uh, statement out on Twitter today saying, following the recent announcement of my diagnosis with uh, osteo- Ar- Aracoma, um, a rare form of bone cancer I have some further news I wish to share I underwent a successful operation on Wednesday 5th of October to remove the tumour's area and then it continues on the next one saying uh, after the operation the tumour was sent off for further analysis and the biopsy revealed that the cancerous cells were more aggressive than previously thought because of this I now need to undergo chemotherapy treatment uh, this process has now begun and will last for several months I'd like to thank my friends family friends fans teammates and the whole football community for their support it means the world to me um, really sort of Bit of a sucker punch, isn't it, really? Because it was looking really good. And, you know, it still hopefully will be good news. But, yeah, a bit of a blow for, for everyone, really, isn't it?
2: Yeah, uh, obviously all our thoughts and best wishes are with him as he fights that horrible bastard and disease. Yeah, and I want to apologise for swearing
1: with that no, one. No, we're not, ble- we're not going to be bleeping that one, I'll tell you that much anyway. So there you go, that's a, a, bit, a bit of a... Bit of a down one i supposed to end on but you know we're all back in nick and hopefully we'll get some good news on that in the in the in the future right so let's move on to the loan watch then dan um we're covering obviously last week's ones um so yeah max kills me we always start with him because obviously we we class annan as the highest level team that plays out on loan to don't we which is kind of weird because annan's more sort of a non-league football level in england really isn't it i suppose but but there you go um yeah, so uh Max Killsby, um he was on used sub in the previous fixture. He actually returned to the starting lineup for Annan uh, last weekend and he played the full 90 minutes as they picked up a free one win at East Fife. Um they were supposed to be playing uh, Body Rig Rose uh, the weekend. I don't think that game went ahead, so uh, so there you go. Um Lewis Bell, uh mixed week for him. Uh, they got a one 0 win over Calvin Beef and then followed up with a one 0 defeat to Caledonian Braves. Some great team names in the Lowland Leagues, isn't there, in Scotland. I think, did it's, they used, it's full stop. <laughs> did, did, did they used to be edgy sport academy or something like that? I think, yes, possibly, back, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It, it used to be based at Adam once. So. Oh, right. Okay. That was interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, uh, they, they lost one nil to the Caledonian Braves. Um, they were supposed to play Spartans the weekend. Again, I don't know if that one went ahead. I'm not a chance to check. Uh, Sam Fishburn, um, forms really dropped off of late, hasn't it? They were looking like a contender for promotion, and suddenly they find themselves sort of dropping down the table, don't they? They um, Sam started this game, um, played near enough the full ninety minutes, and it was nil nil when he came off. But then they conceded a penalty in injury time and lost one nil to Geisley. Not not looking great for them at the moment, is it?
2: No, no, they uh, they have dropped off. Uh, the funny a lot of these North East teams, and they have good runs and bad runs. Blythe used to do it as well, and I've. A storming run, or they'd have a bad run, then a storming run. It's uh, a lot of it is often to do with players coming in and leaving. But uh, no more has certainly need to up their game at the moment.
1: Yeah, I'm just I'm just double checking because. Jo- John Coleman generally covers the uh, the players go around loan, and I'm just looking. He didn't do an article this week, so looks like none of them featured this weekend. Um, and then obviously Lewis Boyd, he made another appearance for Carlisle City. Um, didn't start very well for him. <laughs> a back pass bobbled over his foot and went into the net to make it one nil to Pickering Town, but they 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 stormed back and won six one in that game. So that's a really good positive result for Lewis. He's got 11 games under his belt now. It's a really good experience, isn't it? it you know, a decent level for him as well. So that's that's really good. And uh, Dan Hill, a similar sort of level at Clitheroe Celtic. He made his debut in. Um, he got out there on work experience. Um, youth team midfielder. Uh, a two-two draw at home to St Helens at McGrath Park. So, um, so yeah, de- de- decent um, star for him. Um, right. Well, what's going to come up now is you're going to get me and Mike talking about the Sutton game not the most entertaining football game in the world I, I, I agree but that just gives you a taste of what was there and then once that's finished we'll be into the break and you'll be coming in to the second half of the show where me and Dan will be talking all about the Northampton game right match review time Mike obviously you were out this one I was Carly United won. Sutton United won. not a game for the ages I think it's fair to no. say uh, very it, low on quality
3: yeah it's quite funny I was. I was listening before Uh, obviously I was updating our prediction table and I was just listening to your prediction and you went, oh no, we're going to bounce back from the Walsall game and I reckon we're going to win about 5-0. Yeah. Which, uh, yeah, just didn't work out that way, did it?
1: Hopeless optimist, I think it's fair to say. No, we certainly didn't. I mean, it's a frustrating one because first half we dominated chances and we we actually played we had a, a couple of little periods where we were well on top and we, we played some nice stuff and we put them under pressure but that that equalized just before half time just totally took the stuffing out of us and mm-hmm. to use a Christmas term um, and we just the second half we just net. I, I thought well, they're going to get a rocket at half time for that you know considering so late in the half but they they just never really came out and had a go at it they, they just it was kind of one of those games where I think it almost got to a point where you're like, it's not really working for us today. Let's just make sure we don't get beat. And that's not that we sat back. It's just a case of we didn't take too many big risks. That's what Mm. happened, I think. And that that can happen sometimes, can't it?
3: Yeah. um, You know, I mean, at least we didn't lose. And I've said all along, I think, ultimately, to get promoted, you need to have more wins than draws and more draws than defeat. And, you know, we still only lost three games. So it is worth sort of taking a step back sometimes and thinking as long as we're not losing games we'll be alright but yeah well surely got to be winning games like that
1: yeah well that, that you have almost come to one of the talking points i'm going to come to later which is about the number of draws we've had um but yeah in terms of the uh let's talk about the game itself um team selection um taylor charles maybe a little bit unlucky to to miss out for the first time in just over a month he was dropped
3: yeah, um, but I mean he's played a lot of football, like, just after coming back from injury, hasn't he? True. So it could he could have probably done with a little bit of a rest. I really. think
1: I, I almost wonder if that comes from I think mean, Simmer mentioned that we had a chance late on against Walsall, didn't we? Mm. Which we didn't take, which we you know, we should have done and that obviously led, then led to them going getting the winner. And I think Taylor might have been the one who didn't play the pass that he probably mm. should have done at that point. maybe he mm. missed the chance, so I'm not saying it's a punishment for that, but it might be in Simo's head, right? Maybe I need to freshen this up and take him out for a, a game or two. Mm. Um, Callum Guy came back in after his tonsillitis, um, and yeah, it, it, it. In terms of chances and early on, like I said, we we had a few. I think in terms of chances, we dominated them the first half. Um, Edmonton almost scored a brilliant counter attack. I don't know if you've seen this one. um no, no. Mike on the the highlights, so. We essentially break quite quickly. It was a long ball forward. Um Christian Dennis tries to sort of bring it down first time and control it with his back to goal. He sort of does, but it sort of sits up nicely. And John Mellis just charged oh, yeah. onto it. He set, it it, to him, yeah. He plays a headed through ball. Incredible <laughs> like ball through. But the problem was it didn't quite sit up and you could tell straight away from the angle we were in the pan, you could tell straight away he wants to take this on his on his right foot. He wants to almost mm-hmm. hit it first time or bring it down with his right probably what he needed to do was try and chest or knee ahead of himself and hit it with his left, maybe Mm. across the goalkeeper. But he was really keen to try and hit it first time. And as it was, he couldn't get over the ball and he sort of, it's kind of those weird sort of spinning ones, isn't it? That you're trying to, Mm. you know, kind of like that pass that Devitt made against Rochelle, isn't it? Where you sort of get over the ball and sort of put a bit of spin on it. He Mm. ended up doing that. And it actually went fairly comfortably wide in the end, which is, you know, frustrating, but it's just the way it is sometimes. Um, so yeah, there was that chance, a um, couple of long-range ones for Moxon and one for Guy. But then obviously the, the goal comes, um, and this was a really well-worked short corner routine. And I should add, both me and Greg, actually maybe it was probably more me than Greg, but were complaining about these bloody, it might have actually been Cameron actually <laughs> I said this to you, complaining about these bloody short corner routines. Just get it into the box, what are you doing there? But it was played to Moxon, and it was it a good play by Gibson actually to hold it up first and then play it to Moxon, edge of the box, and it's a lovely dink ball in. And Edmondson comfortably beats off side trap and nods it past the keeper. I mean, the funniest thing about this for me is the person who's most vociferously complaining about the offside in the Sutton ranks is the one who's played him on by It's like always the way, ranks. isn't
3: it? Yeah.
1: But I mean, this one, it wasn't even close though, was it? When you look back, I mean, mm. you can't actually see it on the TV because the, cause the angle doesn't show is, but mm. you can tell just by where the defender is and where he's coming back from that he was mm. on side by a long way. Mm. So, lovely move though, wasn't it, Mike?
3: Yeah, brilliant. And... It's sort of like uh, Edmundson's goal at Harrogate, really. You know, you put a ball like that onto his head and it's easier to score than miss, isn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and he's in that rich vein of form of moment, isn't he? Where when he gets mm. those chances, he's actually taking them and yeah, he's got a bit of belief in the way he's playing. So that's really good to see. Um, that moves, mocks him up to uh, joint second in the uh, assist ranks in the League 2. Joint with uh, Tom Nichols at Crawley and Jordan Gibson at Carlisle United. Top mm. is Ben Whitfield at Barrow. I'm sure we're going to talk a little bit about him later on as well, I suppose. But, uh, but yeah, fantastic to see how well um, he's done as well this season. i mean, I'm actually looking here. Ben Whitfield's completed uh, passes pass complete. It's, it's on the BBC site here. Two, two, two. Owen Moxon's four hundred sixty-eight. Jesus. <laughs> so, I mean, Moxon's clearly quite. I mean, looking at it, actually, I think he's got the highest in the no. fact, tell a lie. Elliot Watt is the highest. Have a, have a guess how much Elliot Watt has got in terms of his uh, passes complete and total passes. Uh, I'll say
3: 505. 1,113. Oh, Jesus. Okay. I mean, that that's astonishing, that. But th- but that's what's, you know, that's Salford when we played them in a nutshell, is that they yeah. passed the ball around loads and just didn't do anything with it. It's incredible, isn't it?
1: Maybe next week we'll have a look at some stats for League 2 as well. Maybe that's Mm. one one of the things we can have a little look at. But there you go. So, yeah, that that goal puts us in the lead. And all you have to do is get yourself through to half-time. Say, OK, we've not been brilliant, but we're leading here. You know, we're doing all right. And then get get going again uh, after the break. No, couldn't do that, though, could we? What a frustrating time to to concede. Literally just before the ref's assistant is about to put up the... um, The fourth official, I should say, sorry. About to put up the board, see how long left. Uh, mm. In the first half, and um it, it just uh, it just feels all a little bit sloppy and bitty this goal. there's no major mistake, but it just it's just it's uh, just a few little things lacking, wasn't it really
3: mm, yeah, and you know i mean by all accounts it sounded like Sutton played for the draw um but you're gonna get teams who do that and you need to you need to just work a way through
1: they—they oh, they were time wasting on throw-ins after about five or ten minutes. Basically, mm. the, their right back was taking forever to take them, and the ref never booked it him mean, for it. And he—and he took ages to actually finally give him a warning, and then he just mm. carried on as if, oh, it's fine. I'll just—I'll just keep doing it. And that was one of the most frustrating things actually about the game. Mm. I thought the ref actually wasn't that bad, but he was just—he was just poor on dealing with time wasting. And the—the the amount of time added on at the end was, I think, four minutes. I, you know, having seen what we've seen in the World Cup, it should have been fifteen. Yeah. And I'm not even taking the piss when I say that. genuinely was that bad. Um, but yeah, so it's sort of a. Sort of, I mean, it's not like a hoof, but just sort of a ball into the channel down the right. And um, and their lad, to be fair, does quite well, actually, gets to it quickly. But Corey Whelan's just a little bit slow to get across. And then I don't think he does enough to stop the cross here. I know, it's a, to be fair, it's it's clever by the play because it's a quick cross. It's not like he's set himself to, to put it in. He's just sort of hit it, hasn't he, really? Mm. Cross goal, but. Can Wheeling get a bit tighter on that, maybe?
3: Yeah, possibly. I mean, I, th- I think it was Shankly who said it, wasn't it? Show me a goal, I'll show you a mistake. And yeah. Y- you can al- you can always blame blame someone, uh, but at the end of the day, regardless of that, to only score the one goal, you know, you could argue that we should have scored more goals and that mistake maybe shouldn't have been so costly.
1: Yeah, well, we'll maybe touch on that in a second. Um Ball comes into the box and uh, Randall Huron gets to the ball just before Jack Ellis. He's had to come across the cover um, because the centre-backs are a bit forward at this point. Um, He wholly blocks the initial shot. But to be honest, it was at point black raising. There wasn't really much he could have done to palm it away. And it falls very nicely for him to bury the second one into the back of the net. And you've won one just before the break and you think to yourself, bad timing, but okay. Maybe Simo's going to go in there and then give him a rocket. Saying you should be holding on at that point. You know, mm. you've got to be better second half. <sighs> we probably skin had the best of it second half, but never really tested their keeper. And there wasn't a feeling of like they were really pumped up and going for it. Mm. It was just kind of like, yeah, one of them days, isn't it? Really, and mm. the result was there wasn't really. I mean, Edmonton had a header from a cross that went over the bar, but it was never really threatening the keeper. Arguably, they had the best chance of the second half. So, in um, corner from the left, comes into the box, headed down and poked into the back of the net. Should be said, the referee blew up for a foul very early. And when I saw it in real time, we were all looking around each other saying, it looks really soft. I couldn't really see anything wrong. But in my head, and I think I said this to Cameron as well, but I, I said to him that the ref's blown very early for that. So, he's mm. clearly seen something he's not happy about. It's not a case of as the ball's hit in the back of the net, he blows for the foul. Mm. He blew be- well before it hit the back of the yeah. net, and when you watch back of the video, actually Kizzy wins the header. Pretty much, does, I wouldn't say has mocks him by the neck, but he's got him by the scruff, isn't he? And he's pulling mm. him back and down. So, it's a, it's a good spot by the referee to be giving some credit. Mm. Yeah.
3: Um, another talking point that I don't think that you have here is no? the Ardislau goal. The, uh, oh yeah, good Anderson point. One. You
1: know why I haven't put this in? Because it's not on the extended highlights. So I completely mm. forgot about it. <sighs> this is one of those weird ones. I've seen it back on the. Um, the problem is you don't get a great view of it on the um, pitch side blues because you're down pitch side. You can't really see what's going on. I think it's probably the right decision. I don't think a few people disagree. He's gained a fairly big advantage from being a mile offside. I think straight in the building. The, the to...
3: thing is, though, for me is that. Offside goal that we conceded against Leighton Orient, the officials said at the time that it was fair enough because they thought that Whelan touched the ball and brought it under control. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, so Stratton's in an offside position and then their defender gets the ball. So, what even is the offside rule anymore? I think it's to do with deliberate touches and stuff like that as well. It,
1: it's a confusing one for me. I think strategy is offside. I think he's gained quite an advantage for being offside there, and he, he's not got himself back on the side before he's touched the ball. I don't think so. So yeah, I, I think he's probably got that right. And to be fair, again, he blew quite early, and the uh, Edmondson might still have scored, but the goalkeeper wasn't making an effort to go for it. Wasn't mm. he? He'd heard the whistle long before. So yeah. It, it... That, that that's one of those ones again where it's he, frustrating but I'll probably accept it on it's certainly not a, a horrid decision in the same way that the Orient goal was I don't mm. think it's on the same scale as that so so yeah um, so moving on um, I think we've covered most of the chances like I said I mean you look at the stats if you looked at the stats you'd think to yourself we've had 8 shots and only 1's been on target which is the goal obviously um, they've had 11 shots and 5 were on target what I should be pointed out? Technically, they've had two shots in the build-up to the goal, so that's two shots gone. So it's three other mm. shots other than the goal. Um, has Holy had a load of saves to make? Not really. He's been pretty quiet most of the game. So I, I think the, the stats reflection would suggest maybe something were a bit unlucky. They weren't. It, it just it it a draw was the right result. Mm. Neither team was great. They came and got what they wanted. We didn't do anywhere near enough to deserve the win. I think both teams could say in the end, happy with that, take a point, wouldn't you?
3: Yeah, I think so. I mean, like I say, as long as we're not losing, but we need to we need to turn these draws into wins. And, you know, we're still, I mean, the, you know, the position where we are in the league now, if you'd offered us that at the start of the season, I think most of us would have taken it. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that you can't be disappointed. Yeah.
1: No, uh, you said six-second, as uh, you said, uh, in terms of the, the draw bit, we'll top of that just now. But first up, uh, no six-second reviews this week. Um, again, just don't have time to sort them. Uh, if tomorrow's game, if this weekend's game is on, we'll hopefully get someone lined up to do them as well. But um, but yeah, let's talk about them, Mike. Draw specialists. Something that needs mm. to be looked at, isn't it? I mean, we've now picked up nine draws from the 20 league fixtures this season. Nearly half of our games have been draws. Mm. Um, that's the highest in the division. Next highest, Gilligan who are second bottom, they've drawn eight. Um, The key is, we've only lost three games. If you look across the division, only Orient with two, have lost less. There's a couple of other teams who've got uh, three defeats as well. Mm. Need to start turning some of those draws into wins, don't we, if you really want to be up near the top of the table at the end of the season?
3: Yeah, definitely. Uh, And like I said before, I think people will see how few games we've lost and they'll come to Carlisle and they'll think, right, best we can hope for is a draw. And we need to find a way of dealing with that and combating it, because it's going to happen more. And we just, yeah, simply have to have to get used to it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that there needs to be a... We need to be, be a bit smarter in terms of breaking down these teams, you know, that come mm. in. And like I said, Sutton didn't sit and put like 10 men behind the ball, but they were very compact and they were very well organised and they knew what they were doing. They, they, mm. they wound the clock down. We weren't cute enough in terms of Beating that now, this sort of brings me on to the next point. Simo, we love Simo on this pod, you know, we think he's a legend, we think he, you know, has to go down as one of the Kai United greats, one of our greatest ever managers. I think that's, that's a fair mm. assumption. In this game, I just felt he, he was a bit too slow to make changes. And I'm not just Mm. talking about in terms of subs. I mean, it took 68th minute to make the first sub. Well before that, we were saying, we're not really getting into this. We need a sub here to freshen things up a little bit. And then Stretton came on for... um, Was it Dennis he came on for, I think? I can't remember now. If I've got it written down here, I should probably check that, shouldn't I? Uh, Yeah, it was for Dennis in 68th minute. Mm. Um, But even like pushing Mellish into midfield, which he's done really well in a lot of games this season and Mm. he's timed it really well. I don't think that happened until roundabout when Stretton came on. It might even been later. We took mm. quite a while to do that and I thought we're not really winning the midfield battle in the same way we do in a lot of games so it probably needed something like that to freshen it up a little bit. Callum Guy was slightly hampered by the fact he picked up a, a silly booking just before the break mm. so that meant he couldn't really go in quite as tough in, in tackles so maybe putting Mellish in there could have relieved him a little bit to do a bit more than you know just tidying up and, and, and keeping the ball moving recycling it well. Um, yeah, I, I, I feel like I think after the game, someone did say he didn't feel like it was a game where the subs were going to make any difference. And uh, I think I'd disagree on that slightly. I think, I, I think you know, Sonny Hilton, throw him on, see what, if he can, you know, unlock a few passes through and, and that kind of thing. And could Devitt have come on soon? I, I, with Devitt, I imagine maybe it's a fitness thing. So that's, it's probably fair enough that he doesn't come on until later on. But even. I mean, I'd agree with him. Maybe it's not a game where you throw Toby on late on and you know cause a bit of chaos. I know it's his former club and that, but maybe it wasn't right for that. But I do feel like there could have been changes. To know what you think?
3: Yeah, well, I think maybe some of the subs were too similar to some of the players that were starting for Simo. Um, mm. I could maybe see that. I think one player that we need to come back from injury is Patrick, because I think when teams mm. are sticking players behind the ball, he'll skin one or two. And then there's, you know, players who are sort of sitting deep and marking players who then sort of get dragged away from the man that they're marking to try and close him down. And he causes chaos in sort of a different way than Toby does a little bit. Um, yeah. But we don't have anyone else who's any anything like Patrick. I mean, Strait Str- Str- can do that a little bit. He's not quite the same sort of player in that mm. way.
1: He's not, you know, like a pick it up on the halfway line and beat every single man kind of player, you know. But it, but he he's quite handy doing that. Um, he's not quite hit the height he had before his his injury yet, um, which kind of, sort of brings me on as well. To Jordan Gibson's really struggling to find his form again, isn't he? Mm. And again, we are big fans of him on this pod. We've we've said all season when he, you know, when it when it ticks for him, it ticks for us, really, doesn't it? He, he he's the creative force in this team quite often, and he was involved in the goal, you know, in the in the set piece routine. But I, I don't feel like he's. He's not quite got his mojo at the moment. He's not beating his man, is he? He's not, he's not looking at his man thinking, I can beat you, I can get around you, I can get a ball into the box. He's mm. kind of, every time he gets the ball, he's sort of reluctantly, he's sort of looking back and going, okay, I'll play back to him, we'll, we'll build up again. I want to see the Jordan that we saw, you know, in the first you know stretch of the season where he was causing problems for teams. And I'm not quite seeing that at the moment.
3: Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it's quite a sought after position on the pitch. So if he's not playing well, there's... Other players, it's, I'm sure Simo won't hesitate to to bring in. But on his day, he's first choice in that position. But he just isn't having his day enough, is he? It, it should be said he, he was playing more as a sort of a. He was more of a three-four-three for this
1: game. Mm. So you had Edmondson sort of drifting towards the left and uh, Gibson on the right. And mm. as much as that's you know probably his preferred role in the past, and he's done quite well there. I think he's better in that number ten role. I think I'd rather yeah. see him in the middle with. With both um, with Moxon and, um, mm. and and Gibson, out. not Moxon Gibson, sorry. Moxon and Guy, I wonder if it's almost to give a little bit of support to Jack Ellis as well at the moment. he's coming yeah. in and he's starting a lot. I think I'd rather see. Let's get the best out of Jordan. Let's play him in that number ten role. Let's get him back in mm. the middle, and drift, drifting out wide when he has to, when he when he needs to, to support mm. Jack. But I think I'd rather see a little bit of that at the moment. And I'm sure he'll get himself back to form. But at the moment, he's just not quite in those heights, is he?
3: Yeah, I think I think you're probably right, and we haven't played a great deal of the sort of three-five-two that we saw earlier. We seem to have yeah. done the three-four-three three a little bit more, haven't we? And yeah. I think I, I we switched mind... to switch to four, three,
1: 3 in the game
3: when Mellis pushed forward a little bit sometimes. Yeah, um, and I I wouldn't mind sort of seeing Edmondson and Dennis as your sort of two centre forwards. You know, old school big man, little man strike partnership. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing that to be honest, but. You know, who are we to question the great man? No, no, you, it's
1: a fair point. Um, I don't think there's any other talking points from the game. Like I said, it just it just it just felt a little bit flat. Really, everything mm. it, it was kind of reminiscent of. There's been a few games like that this season at home. A couple of games. So um, I was trying to think. The crew game was a little bit like that. I think. Yeah, it, it just needs something to to get people going. Sometimes I think, but uh, mm. there you go. Um, Okay, uh, should we do... I can't have any of the talking points, really, Mike. This is the problem. It's one of those games we probably talked for quite a bit here, but there's no real major points really to talk about. Mm. It's just felt like, again, not mm. great, but there you go. Um, right, should we do a League Two roundup? Yeah, go on. Let's, let's go through some of the games happening this week. So, um, games were split over Saturday and Friday. I think there was a sort of a, a fear among some League Two clubs that they might clash with the England game if they had played on the Saturday if they would finished second in the group as it was it didn't make any difference um and uh, yeah the, the the free games on on friday i think produced some of the most interesting results you would you agree
3: yeah well certainly uh stevenage barrow 5-0 Well, i think we'll maybe talk
1: about that one a little bit later on because that's uh, you know the last game the barrow played so that'll be mm. picked up then but i mean looking at the other two Walsall, they're really picking up form doncaster've been so disappointing this season haven't they they really mm. haven't lived up to yeah the, I, I think we all sort of thought they maybe weren't going to be as good as they, they, they have done in the past when they've come down to this level because the, the squad wasn't quite there. But I don't think any of us anticipated that there will be you know, 13th place. I mean, they're only five points behind us, I suppose, but they, they've not really hit the heights that. A club that size really should do, shouldn't have they?
3: No, well, you know they were doing better under McSheffrey, and, and and they sacked him. So yeah. uh, I think it it happens quite a lot. I mean, it, it happened happened with us to a degree. Is that you get relegated and you think, oh, we'll bounce straight back, and it doesn't always work out that way. And sometimes you need to just sort of take stock and think, okay, well, maybe we're not going to bounce back. Maybe we just need to consolidate and then build next year. But yeah, yeah I think they're just uh, it's not their year, is it?
1: No, not not at the moment. Um, Obviously, Walsall—the team that beat them—they're their form's fantastic, isn't it? They're really yeah, they've turned it around, starting to motor up the table. A little bit worrying. I can see them in our head, uh, basically in our mirrors, can't you? (laughs) We can. uh, They're obviously three points behind us now, and obviously if their games on at the weekend and ours isn't, there's every chance they could uh, overtake Mm -hmm. us because I think they're only two worse in goal difference. Um, Mm. Although looking at it, we've scored six more goals, so. They, they would probably need to win three now at least in their game to go ahead of us, so we might be okay in that terms of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, looking at the other result, the interesting one is um, Crew against Newport County, a late winner for Newport County there. We'll mm. tell you here later on because he features in the x File section, doesn't he? So uh, <laughs> there's a little treat for you coming up. Um, Saturday results, Wimbledon, they've hit a bit of form actually. They're a bit of sneaky this, isn't it? Because it's, it's almost come out of nowhere because... They didn't look like they had much going forward at all when we played them. Mm. And suddenly, I mean, they haven't lost in the last six at the very least. And mm. they're up to 11th place. And they're only four points behind us now. They're only four points off a playoff place. And Jordy Jackson seems to be picking things up. I mean, Gillingham, God. Oh, sorry, not Grimsby. It's Grimsby, obviously, they played him.
3: So Grimsby were sort of
1: getting themselves up there. But they've again, their form's really dropped off. And looking there, they haven't won in the last six either, so...
3: Yeah, well, I mean, that game that we played that was, you know, called off with the state of the weather, they were, like, playoffs, weren't they? And they were getting the better of us that night, and, yeah, I think we sort of replayed them at the best possible time.
1: Yeah, they they, they dropped off, really. Uh, Obviously, Gillingham lost 3-0 against Salford City, I mean... Some bare face stats. Anyone who complains about us this season, here's a bare face stat for you. Gillingham have played 20 games this season. How many goals do you think they've scored?
3: Uh, is it
1: six? Six goals in 20 yeah. games. Defensively, you know what? They're not that bad. <laughs> Defensively, they've only conceded three more than us. Mm. They've conceded 24 in 20 games. It's not a bad return, but they just cannot score to save their mm. life. I mean, 24 goals they've conceded. Hartlepool, 39. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> the same number of games. Mm-hmm. It's that's astonishing. But yeah, they, they just desperately, desperately need goals Jillingham. And where they're gonna get them from, I don't know. Mm-hmm. They're planning dagger him in the FA Cup tonight as just before we record I re-record, or just after we re record and mm-hmm. I tr- I wouldn't be surprised if Dagenham won that. Really, really wouldn't. Mm-hmm. They they were lucky in the, the first leg I think um thing. Um going through some of the others, obviously Crawley a good 2 0 win for them over Swindon town. Um Mansfield picking up a little bit of form, beating Colchester two one. Colchester really struggling there, right down near the bottom too. Um, Northampton nil nil with trauma. That was a handy result for us. Uh, Harrogate four one win at Rochdale. Rochdale just about keeping their head above water at the moment, but it's going to be a long slog for them. And let's finally talk about the big one: Stockport County five.
3: Uh, sorry, Hartlepool United nil. Stockport County five. I know, just after Keith Curl penned a new contract, two-year contract. I think. Yeah, a little, little look ahead to the XFL section
1: there. Obviously, Keith oh, Curl yeah. signing a uh, deal until the end of next season as permanent manager at Harlepool. That's not a great way to announce you know, announce that on the morning and then get a result like that in the afternoon.
3: Mm. He's got
1: a, a tough job on there, hasn't he, to rebuild things there? Yeah,
3: but at the same time, Stockport seem to have really turned a corner and they really seem oh, yeah. to be flying up the table.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, um,
3: so yeah, t- t- tough pickings for Keith this weekend, but I'm
1: sure, I'm sure he'll get them back to some level of form. Whether it's going to be enough to get them away from trouble, I don't know. I think it's a, I think it's a much tougher job than he faced when he took over with us. I think that's fair mm. to say. But there you go. Right, Mike, I think we've covered everything for the first half of the show, so we'll take a short break, and then we'll be back with a preview of the Barrow game.
2: Hi, I'm John Halpin, and you're listening to the
1: Brunton Bugle. Deliberately pick that one with Halby this week because we're going to put the Halpy interview out next week, can't we? Because finally, yeah, finally, I got the Christian Dennis one out, didn't I? <laughs> it took yeah, me a while. Yeah. Also,
2: yeah. Uh, literally just before we started recording, uh, there was a good article on the official site from a, sort of like a, a goodbye, sort of gathering. They had yeah. for Halpy. Uh His missus will be in the bad books for keeping it a secret. <laughs> uh, basically, he's walked into foxes, and nearly everyone who's ever worked with him sat there. Yeah. And they had uh, video messages and various people at the club it was spoke like about like a, him.
1: There's a little special breakfast for him, wasn't yeah. it, I because he's leaving fairly soon.
2: And, and... Uh, I did see an article the other week mm-hmm. and I think it instigated that he'll still be working in a a capacity, so I wonder if he's maybe going to do a little it's, bit of scouting. The, or... the,
1: the, the article did mention he's going to be a club amb- ambassador, basically, so he's yeah, going to be down yeah. the ground on match days, which is fantastic yeah, to, to yeah. hear, really, because he is, you know. He is well, he's Mr. Carl United, isn't he, really? He's been here for oh, yeah. 38-odd years, bar a small break. So, fantastic, really, to have him still involved in the club. Uh, right, well, we're going to get into the second half of the show now. Uh, before we do the behind enemy lines section, uh, Dan, Mike has done us a question for this week. So, would you like to hear it? Yes. Here's Mike's question for this week.
3: So, a notable member of personnel that's been at both clubs this week is obviously Dan's favourite, Keith Curl. Now, of all of the clubs that he's married, managed during his career, where did he achieve his best win percentage? Ooh, that's a good question. That I have a you know I have
1: a feeling it might be us. Oh, because he was with us for a while, and he didn't really. had that obviously the first season wasn't great, but then fairly consistent after that. That's a tough one. It's definitely not hard. Um... I know that. <laughs>
2: I've a feeling he did really well at Notts County and left foot under a bit of a disagreement.
1: Yeah, I think you might be right on that actually. Yeah. Because I'm I'm, I'm sure that. he left
2: mid season and it was he was doing quite well at the time. So I am I'm, I'm gonna say Not County.
1: Okay. There's that, there's potentially Mansfield, he wasn't there that long and you know, he got I think he got him into the playoffs, didn't he? So Yeah. yeah. Mm, okay. So you're going to Notts County. I'm gonna go yeah. I'm gonna go with us. So let, let's see what the answer is.
3: And it was at Knotts County where he got forty five point one percent, and then got sacked. <laughs> there you
1: go. Blunt is the point there from Mike. Thank you very much. So there you go. Um, yeah. So that's that's the question. You had another question for us, but we're going to. Yeah, that, we'll aren't keep that we? for the next one. That that is going to be a tough one. If anyone can get the, yeah. that, because you told me what the question is, I'm not going to cheat and find out. But yeah, yeah. It, it, it's a belter, it really is. There you go. <laughs> right. Uh, well, let's get into the. Um, Into the preview section then, Dan, Um, and we have the Behind Enemy Lines section back this week. We didn't have it last week for the Barrow game. We weren't going to have one because I just didn't have time to sort one out. Hopefully, we'll do one for the rearranged game. Um, So, yeah, we spoke to Danny from the It's All Cobblers To Me podcast. Um, Some of the points we discussed include bouncing back from promotion heartache, their solid start to the season, and the ongoing issues with the clubs incomplete East Stand. Sounds very familiar, that, doesn't it, really? Um, This is the chat I had with Danny earlier this week. So today on the Behind the Enemy section, we've got Danny from the It's All Cobblers to Me podcast about all things Northampton Town. Uh, Danny, thanks for joining us.
0: No worries. worries. Right.
1: I'm going to start off with a call back to last season. I do apologise for this.
0: Considering
1: (laughs) how close you got to automatic promotion and what happened on the final day with Bristol (laughs) Reddust winning 7-0 to leapfrog you into third place. How annoyed are you still with Fraser Horsfall for that ridiculous handball that gifted us all three points <laughs> and effectively lost you
0: that one point. promotion?
1: Yeah. The one point, that would have cost you point. Per- because, like, at the time, genuinely, we were all oh, like, man. "What's he doing?" Because he—I mean, we could see he was a very good player that day, yeah. and he just the ball was going out for a goal kick, and we're like, "Why? Why are you? Why have you stuck it?" We're like, thank you very much. This is really useful for us, but that must have been a bit of like a. What's going on here? Moment for you guys,
0: yeah. It was. I mean, I remember watching it on iFollow, I think that day. Oh. Uh, obviously, didn't know what implications it was going to have <laughs> um, to the end of the season, but you know, we've looked about that 7 0 and all that sort of stuff millions of times over. And we've you can look back on the whole season and think you could have got a point here, you could have got a point yeah. there, you could have got gold here, there, everywhere, all that kind of stuff. Um, but that was a bit ridiculous I don't, I don't think John Brady did anything after the game said anything after the game about it and just said it wasn't a freaky or, or something else happened and it was yeah it was a silly silly moment a silly thing to do but I don't really really link it to the end of the season if I'm honest yeah.
1: I mean I mean in all seriousness how difficult was it to understand what happened on that final day with the result of Bristol I mean uh, do you think it had I mean it must have had some sort of psychological effect on the team going into the playoffs there
0: Oh yeah, hundred percent. I think as, as soon as that happened, I thought we're not winning them, these playoffs at all. <laughs> I just thought, you know, you know how it works in football. You, you know, there's people telling you, oh, yeah, you finished fourth. You, you're going to hit back and stuff. But the no matter how many times you look at it and think the players are going to be pumped for it, I, you can't psychologically prepare for a playoff like that after after thinking you've gone and done your job. You've won three, one at, at Barrow. Job done. That that's as much as we could have done there. Like there's, we could have scored another goal, but we could have easily pushed for fourth and letting another one. The players, management, everyone did their job at Barrow. You you don't expect things like that, and to to, to bounce back and to win those players, it would have been way too much. And we we've, we we've faced a decent Mansfield team in the playoffs as well. So, I mean, I was looking at it thinking it was it was going to take something else to to come back and and win as as optimistic as you want to be about playoffs. It was difficult to see us coming back from that. I think.
1: It was a kind of weird one, wasn't it? Because we we played at Bradford that day. We lost, I think, two 0 in the end on the last day of the season with we a big crowd following. But it didn't really matter, so we weren't that bothered. So we were driving back and listening to it, and we heard all these people talking on Radio Five live about it, saying it's a disgrace. He's put a seventeen-year-old keeper and stuff like that. And I'm thinking, when I was listening to, it, I was thinking, do these people actually know how bad Scunthorpe have been this season? <laughs> because they like, genuinely one of one of the worst sides I, I've seen at this level in a long, long time. So the fact that he'd basically bombed off all the players who'd been terrible for them this season and put. Load of kids in, ethically maybe yeah, there's some issues there. But at the same time, he's probably looking, thinking, well, these lads might actually have a chance to play for us next season. As it is, they've been appalling in the national league. Yeah, they've also, been dreadful as well, which so... is
0: not not something we feel sorry for them about at all. No, I think
1: no. that that that's been three or four years coming for Scunthorpe. I think it's yeah. fair to say they've been bad for a long, long time. Um, well, let's talk about uh, this season then. So, on our pod, I think all three of us, the host, we had a. Preview episode before the season. Preview before the start of the season. I have a think all feeling all three of us had you either in the top three or go for the sort of playoff positions there and thereabouts. How happy are you with the season you've had so far? The start you've had, the first half of the season. Because if you take away the extraordinary, and I think it's fair to say, especially for Orient, the extraordinary seasons that Orient and Stevenage are having, you must be pretty pleased to be five points clear of fourth place at this stage.
0: Yeah, yeah, completely happy. Especially again after. After what happened last season, at the end, you could have easily had a hangover to the mm. season, and it could have it could have affected our starts of the season. But the manager's gone and recruited well in the summer again. The togetherness seems to still be there from last season. It almost feels like we're trying to wrong or, right a wrong. Sorry, yeah, to to get it done this season and to to finish in the top three. That's to the height of my ambitions. I don't see us sort of challenging for the titan I think or in a way too far ahead but oh, if yeah. we can get in that top 3 and and put that to bed last season I mean ideally it would be good if Bristol Rovers came back down but I don't think that's happening mm-hmm. <laughs> considering I live in Bristol it'd be nice to, to turn that back around again um but yeah it's it's been it's been solid it's been great you know we we very rarely start seasons well we've started this season with three wins out of four in the league a lot of fine margins a lot of single goal victories but at the same time, our three defeats have been 1-0. Um, so it, the, the only kind of niggles are the Cups, really. But it's in in the league, it's generally been a positive. It's been the managers just passed 100 games for the club. Um, the players seem to be buying into what it's done. The lone players that have come in this season have been decent as well. And it's been generally a really, really positive thing. I think the only other thing missing is home form at the minute. But I think we'll get there. It's It doesn't seem like a league that's going to that's going to be massively have someone running mm. away with it. So I've I've got every positivity about the season so far. It's It's been really, really good.
1: Sounds quite familiar to, to us, basically, in terms of the you know, mm. Not Just a handful of defeats and, you know, not being too disheartened by it. That, that, that's mm. good to hear. Um, You obviously touched on the manager just briefly there, but um, John Brady, happy with the job he's doing at the moment. I mean, form-wise, you've been in the top seven near enough all season and actually been in the top three since mid-September.
0: Yeah and we've we just had a podcast about him this week so we didn't have a game we did a uh, look back on his first 100 games where we were back then what to where we are now um you'll know very well that we had Keith Cole just before him yes um the difference is ridiculous in terms of the the outlook from the manager um the the way that he approaches the club the way that the way that John Brady's just embraced the club he's, he, he was there as a youth team manager he's been there all the way through he's, he's Managed in the local area for a lot of years before that. And he's got his big chance and he's taken it, he's grabbed it. He, it would have been really, really easy for us to start again, having gone down with him. Took over from Keith Kern in League One. weren't We weren't massively adrift in League One, but ended up the players just weren't up to it. And we went down, but we saw in those, what, 20 games in League One that he had something and he had that commitment and that desire and that connection to the fans that we would have been a bit silly to let go, I think especially, you know, starting again in League Two. And uh, it, I just think he's got a passion about him. He gets him a few mm. bookings, but he's got a, a passion about him that you just love. And you'll know the same with Paul Simpson, that yeah. that you see that on the sidelines. He just, everyone gets up for it. Doesn't it? And and yeah. every win just feels so much more special when he, you know, he's fist pumping the away ends. And um, when we're playing away, obviously, not when we're playing either. <laughs> but, um, and he's, he's giving it the big, and after every, big win and stuff and you you can tell the passion in his voice when he talks about the club that he just puts so much into it that we're desperate for him to get that promotion to 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 kind of justify everything that he's doing he's, he's taken over basically had to start all over again when we got relegated he had a massive clear out he had to build a whole new team and to finish fourth in his first full yeah. season as a league manager to then come again and third now five points clear like I say it's, it's it's so good and I think it almost goes under the radar sometimes with neutrals in league two that what a job he's done because of the sort of perceived nature of us in this league as always seeming to be among the top seven top ten and it almost gets lost that he's come in and done a such a massive job to turn it around to turn around the feeling of the club after relegation and all that kind of stuff and after the after watching lockdown Keith Curl Mm. it's just been such a positive for the entire football club I think
1: that's actually a really fair point because I think I look back to last season when we did our season preview we felt Brady could have been one of those people who potentially could have lost his job early on if it didn't go well we thought you know it's a risk going with someone who's not really got too much experience but like you said, he's not one of these ones who gets linked with big clubs or anything like that, is he really? So he's just slowly doing a decent job there. And I think he's the kind of guy, if he does get you up and keeps you up, that's when maybe bigger clubs will start sniffing around him, I guess. And and, and as you say, he is a combative character. I think I've seen that from some of the games we play against you guys in the last few years. But but yeah, he's, It seems to be. he seems to be the right fit for you guys, doesn't he?
0: Oh, 100% yeah I mean, we had a similar thing with Dean Austin when he came down uh, we went down with Dean Austin from League One he was a similar type of character he just leaves everything out there I mean, he, he spoke with such passion and we really wanted him to do well went down to League Two he just felt like he was out of his depth and it felt like it wasn't it just didn't work for him at all for whatever reason um, but with John he just seems to completely get the club and we haven't had that since Chris Wilder was here we haven't had someone who completely gets it and gets the fan base and talks to us on our level kind of thing Mm -hmm. and just really really connects me i mean obviously keith keith did a lot of good stuff during lockdown and don't don't get me wrong and he's a a decent bloke and and all that kind of thing but he just always felt like he he spoke very robotically and in cliches and (laughs) just (laughs) you'll know you'll know really Um, (laughs) (laughs) you know this um but he just comes out and says how it is most of the time he he speaks with such passion and such pride in being the manager and that yeah. makes a massive difference to this level and when you're watching when you're trying to get new fans in as well and new fans seeing these interviews and seeing how he talks about the club in, in interviews in, in the newspaper and web, on the website and stuff you, you just feel such a connection to him so yeah, long way to continue hopefully we can we can get that promotion under him and he can, he can kick on he, he was recently linked to the Luton job I think by some mm-hmm. You know the type of Twitter yeah. rumour and yeah, the old yeah, thing yeah, that yeah. never really turns out. But. So he's starting to get mentioned at least, which shows what sort of job he's doing. But uh, yeah, fingers crossed we can keep this one under wraps because as soon as we go up, usually it's a case of hang on to the manager, hang on to the yeah. players and, and try and stay up.
1: I know the feeling. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah it, interesting. before I move to the next question, you mentioned Dean Austin there. I was thinking, why do I recognise that name? I remember now, he was in charge of Farnborough when we were in the conference for one season right. and, yep. and we beat them 7-0. Um, I think he was giving, <laughs> I think he was giving the, the, the Billy Big Bollocks before the game about, yeah. you know, we're coming here to do an upset or something and we just tore them apart. Yeah. Uh, annoying that there because our record win is 8-0 so we could have equaled it that day, but we didn't, which is... <laughs> Nothing more annoying than that, is it? I guess so. Um, right, let's talk about... Uh, I think you're one of the last clubs we're going to be able to do this with. Talk about summer transfer business-wise stuff. Mm. Um, you seem to have a fairly solid window. I mean, obviously, yeah, you lost Horsvald to Stockport and Roberts went to, to Middlesbrough. But you made some really good additions. I think the one that stood out for us in pre-season, I think for most fans at this level, was Danny Hilton. You know, because yeah. he's a... You know, one, he'll get goals. But two, he's just an absolute nuisance up front. A proper just battering ram at times. And, you yeah, know, he... he he wins free kicks he he can be a nasty piece of work but he's so effective probably not had quite the goal scoring impact so far but otherwise he seems to be in a really good signing for you guys
0: yeah he's I mean when he signed I thought this is this is a fantastic sign it's such a great sign I think the Luton manager at the time was um, Nathan Jones said he was the best signing in League 2 we haven't seen that so far honestly Um, I I expected a lot more in front of goal he's been in and out the team because of injuries or just that age catching mm. up with him or just not being the type of you know not we're not gonna get 90 minutes out of him every week we know that but when he comes on is he is that danny rose type character that who'd left us last last summer he yeah. he's kind of replaced him in the shit hours where he stakes <laughs> just he comes on and he's just a right yeah whatever to, to defend us to the referee just he's in the refs here all the time which is entertaining to watch a lot of the time but you do think we've got to. We almost need to give him a run as a starter, and just give him that belief that we that we want him to be that main man up front. Um, at the moment, we've got Louis Apparey, who's in front of him. Usually, plays everywhere. He's got just so much more energy, so much more. Maybe it's just the way that he that Apparey plays that he's just trains harder and um wants that position more. I don't know, but um, Hilton just it's not worked quite how I thought it might do so far for him, but still a little bit of time, hopefully. Yeah.
1: Uh, sorry, <laughs> looking at your other signings, um, Ben Fox is one of stood out for me because I watched him. I watched Grimsby's, uh playoff games against um, Wrexham and a few others, and he looked a fantastic player. And I thought when you sign him as well, that that's that's a good player to get in. And goalkeeper Lee Burge, interestingly, is someone we were linked with in the summer as well. Actually, mm-hmm. after someone told me we had talks with him at the very least, but nothing came to it. So are they two of the ones that have been uh, good additions.
0: Uh, I mean, we, we we'll start start with Burge because he's been ridiculous. Like the the quality of goalkeeper that he is, it's I, I thought we were lucky to get him in the start, but he is superb. He's so good. If you see his save against um in the last game who was it against? Can't even remember now. <laughs> the Tramir. Tramir, that's it, yeah, 0 yeah. nil against Tramir. He he does a double save that's just complete out of this world. And he's done that all season. Shot stopping his is incredible um so so lucky to have him i would i wouldn't be surprised to see him even again in the summer um, mm-hmm. because he is just that good um he got the cure clanger at the weekend now <laughs> but um fox was a interesting one has been in and out with injury again grimsby fans were saying that those playoff games were for the cameras that he, he had a good season but he like he had a decent season from they were saying but those two playoff games or three playoff games whatever it was were him just like really stepping up um and it's it's been yeah it's been it's been really really good good strong addition I think it's the type of player that we haven't really signed before that is, is still relatively young he gets about the pitch a lot he he's, he really complements the other players in midfield the the Sean McWilliams, Williams the Mark Leonard's yeah. um uh, the Jack Searby when he plays he's and he gets up and down the pitch and that's that's a, it's a yeah it's been solid really solid signing for us.
1: Um, any other danger we need to watch out for I mean obviously the the two that stand out for me Sam Hoskins and Mitch (laughs) Pinnock Hoskins goal record this season has been fantastic he's only him and Andy Cook are keeping Christian Dennis off the top of the scoring chart at the moment Um, Pinnock really impressed me when I saw him play against us last season they're they're two that really I thought yeah they're the danger men to watch out for
0: yeah, yeah, I mean, Pinnock's got that touch of class about him. He just drifts around the pitch and just picks picks players out. He yeah. comes up with moments, um, f- set pieces, just quite complete quality from him. Hoskins is, is a really, really funny one. He's been here for, a, what, since about 2015, 2016. And... He hasn't, he's never really hit these heights goal wise. Never yeah, it's really. It's strange, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, he's never, never really got had this much in his bag. But I think the way we're playing, the way Brady's got it out of him is, is fantastic. He's just suddenly got a new lease of life. Um, this season, especially, that he's just in front of goal, he's just been clinical, which was just not seen from him before. We've always said if he can add that to his game, then you've got a player on your hands, and he's, he's shown it this season. Uh, the other one I will mention, Kieran Bowie, who's on loan mm-hmm. from Fulham. He's he started off relatively slowly, but I think he's just getting up, up to pace with the game. He plays in a number 10 role and yeah. he's he's got, an, again, just touch a touch of class about him um, in front of goal. He's really, really coming to the fore now. Um, Mark Leonard as well, online from Brighton, has got class in the middle of the park as well. You can just tell they're both that step above. And mm. we've just brought in Josh Harrop this week from Preston. Yeah, uh, Or not from Preston, I think he left Preston in the summer, but... Yeah that's concerning us a little bit that either Bowie or Leonard might be off yeah might be cutting their loan short potentially hopefully not but that's uh, that's just a fear at the moment but hopefully it's just a competition for places thing yeah
1: Um, before we get on to predictions I'm going to ask you about what's the latest of the ongoing issues with uh, the ownership of your ground i i, I know I, you could probably talk all night about this but if if you're we able to briefly summarize for our fans because i think some of them will be aware that you know there's been ongoing issues about ownership of land around the ground and things yeah. like and obviously the still yet to be completed east stand as well i think it is
0: yeah yeah so the east stand still not completed the, it can't be completed until um it's all been sorted out with the council the council's changed hands relatively recently there's a there's a piece of land behind the East stand that's been fought over the supporters trust have got involved um in terms of putting their own bid in um the supporters trust just in case you didn't know are not fans of the current ownership there's a massive mm-hmm. divide there between the trust and the owners um which is which is holding everything up again at the the, the 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 there's they've been put in Bids into st- to to kind of halt the process. It's, it's just ongoing, and it just seems never never ending. It's, it's it's been going on for so long now. You just think, will it ever get resolved? Will it ever get sorted? And it's it's just down to the the talks between the council and the club now. But it's it's it is being kind of held up a lot at the minute. Still, it's just there's there's no end to it at all. <laughs>
1: Never-ending stories, isn't it, with things like that, always. Yeah. Um Well, you've been very generous with your time, Danny. Thank you very much. Um, let's have Thanks. your predictions for this weekend's game.
0: Uh, I said 1-1 in our podcast, I think, um, just now. So I'm going to stick with 1-1. I think both teams enjoy a draw this season. We haven't been at our best at home recently, and I think you're a very, very decent team, um, and it's going to be a big challenge for us. So I'm going to go 1-0.
1: That would make it 10 draws out of 21 games for us this season, which would just be pretty much summing up, I suppose. But there you yeah. go. Uh, Danny, thanks for your time. And no, all the best for the rest of the season
0: after this weekend. Cheers, mate, and you?
1: Yeah, big thanks once again to Danny for giving up his time to speak to us. We also did a little bit for his podcast. I had a chat with him for about for half an hour, 40 minutes. I think it was a really good chat, actually. Really interesting. So you'll keep an eye out for that as well. Um, and yeah, you can go listen to their podcast preview our game. Uh, I think it's all cobblers to me. On uh, social media, I think it is just something like that. So just search for it on your usual podcast apps and you'll find it, I'm sure. OK, so this weekend we face the Cobblers at um, Sixfields. Um, referee for this game, Mark Edwards. It's his fourth season in the AFL. Uh, he's taken charge of 13 games so far this season, handing out 41 yellows and no red cards. That's technically not correct. He actually did hand out a red card in the first game of the season. But I think he was the one that was famously overturned. I remember Accrington against Shrewsbury when he got it wrong and a mistaken identity. handing out a second booking to someone. Like somewhere right by the first game, something like that, but there you go. <laughs> Gee, some of Dunhamton to Northampton's a fair trek, isn't it? Yeah, especially this time of year as well, with all the weather and that. It's a bit, of a, bit of a strange one, that. A strange choice. Um, last season, he handed out 87 yellow cards and three red cards in 29 games. Uh, the last United game he took charge of was the 1-0 win over Gillingham back in August. Uh, only Jordan Gibson was booked for the Blues that day. Uh, In terms of head-to-head, it's the 46th meeting between the two sides. Uh, United have won 13, uh, 14 even a draw, and the Cobblers have won 18. Just had a quick look at the uh, um, head-to-head site the other day that I use. And our record against them is not great of late. Like, pretty poor, actually. The, The win we got against them in March was our first win in one, two, three, seven meetings of the two teams. So, you know... It's hard one to tell, isn't it? You sometimes get a bit excited about these historical runs of results, don't you? But in this case, yeah, we don't have particularly great form against Northampton. Let's have a look through the squad then. I mean, just talk about them generally. It would have been very easy for them to proper go back into the shells and collapse and have a terrible season this season after what happened with them on the last day of the last season, wouldn't it? Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, they were shit
1: on, to be honest, weren't they? It, it it's a weird one because we chatted about it, me and Danny, honestly, in the, in the bit which people have just heard. And he was kind of, like, angry about it. But he was, like, he was like, oh, I'm glad, you know, Scunthorpe are down well. Well, he didn't exactly say that, but he basically said, you know, Scunthorpe's still struggling at the bottom. Nationally, he was like, well, yeah, good enough for them. Yeah. But anyone who saw Scunthorpe last season would know how bad they were, wouldn't they? Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: They, they were not a good side. I mean, I, I didn't really blame Keith Hill that much for not picking any of the players who got them into the mess and giving a load of young lads a chance, but 7-0 on the last day of the season and the way it unfolded. We we were driving back from Bradford, me and Mike, and I remember following it on the radio and we were thinking that as people were saying, oh, to disgrace what Scunthorpe have done. And then I don't know if anyone did read I'm sure someone rang in and said, have you not seen Scunthorpe this season? <laughs> they are that bad. They're like probably yeah. one of the worst time sides I've seen at this level for a long time. And yet they managed to get a point at Brunner Park, didn't they? So they nearly it oh. all three, actually. Um, but yeah, it would have been quite easy for them to sort of collapse. UFC there yeah exactly it would have been easy for them to sort of collapse like I said and, and just have a terrible I mean you look at what happened with us where our season under Beach where we looked like we were going for promotion fell apart and then the following season we just could not pick it up again could we it yeah, was awful cool. a little bit different for them in that they got into the playoffs and then lost against Man City on the playoffs but yeah especially when they lost Fraser Horsfall to Stockport and Liam Roberts to Borough but Bur- 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 They've been quite smart with the signings over the summer, haven't they? they
2: made some very good signings. I mean, mm. I'm just looking at the list. Uh, ben Fox and Grimsby really, really impressed me when I watched Grimsby's playoff mm. games when they were coming up.
1: Although da- Danny Indeed. did Danny did say that apparently the Grimsby fan said that he was doing that for the TV cameras because apparently his, uh, his performances weren't quite that good over the whole season. Ah, right, right. So right okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I was impressed I mean, well,
2: with so, so, Signing Danny Hilton was a sign of intent, wasn't it? Yeah. You know.
1: Not, not quite uh, impacted. Hope so far, but I mean, no, possibly I, not. But even having that voice around the dressing room will make a difference, won't it? We've seen that.
2: Yeah, yeah. Good I mean, you know, a couple of the lords have brought in Mark Leonard at Brighton. You know, he's well thought of. So mm. They've just signed Josh Harrop this week, haven't
1: mm.
2: they? It was unattached.
1: Did he make his debut around about the same time as Joe Riley did for Man United? Or was that? Was yeah, he it, he, yeah. Yeah, he it was a little bit later. Yeah, yeah, was around about that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I seem to remember that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean that's an injury I mean it's gonna take him a while to get up to speed, you think, wouldn't you? Josh Harris? Yeah. He's not gonna be raring to go straight away. But um But yeah, they, they've they've signed really well. I think they've you know, there's a few names in there you you kinda of like they don't really stand out, but they're probably good solid performers, you know. You're Ryan Hayden from Newport, you Akin Odimeo from Swindon, I don't really remember him last season too much, but you know, there's there's boundary plays in there that you can just do a job. But generally they've kept a lot of the plays together and attack is where they're really strong, isn't it? When you look at the, the the, yeah. the the two wingers they can play, especially Pinnock and Hoskins, are the stars of the team, aren't they?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know you you've got you've got Hilton, you've got Epier, you know, some some good players. That is, you know, and it's no surprise the backup. At the top end for me. I mean, I think we all predicted to do well in the preview. I'm fairly it? sure
1: we did, didn't we? I think we all had them up in the playoffs at the very least this yeah, season, yeah. I think. There was a feeling that, but
2: I think I had them as champions, you
1: know. You might well have done, actually, to be fair. Yeah. Um, I don't think anyone thought or it would run away in the way they have those. Sure. So and that's just the look, isn't it? Northampton would probably be looking and thinking, what a great season we're having. And they probably still <laughs> do. But because Ory and even Stevenage have been so extraordinarily good, yeah, it doesn't quite reflect on how good Northampton have probably been, so... So yeah, they're, they're solid enough. I mean, Pinnock, someone who was a, he was at Kilmarnock, was he? I think. Yeah. The other day when they signed a lot of Scottish players, didn't they? I think. Um, yeah, yeah. A couple think years, back. And he's one he who really impressed me. Actually, when we played against them last season, both games. And Hoskins, Hoskins has always been a very good player at this level, but he's never scored goals like he has done this season, has he? No, no. It's a strange one because he plays wide as well. He doesn't play as a, like a central striker. Really, generally he plays out wide. So he's having the, the season of his career. Tight squad though. Only twenty-two players, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Which is, you know, when you think that, I mean, ours is about 26, 27 now, isn't it? I think maybe even more than that. So, in fact, I'll going to double check on that now while, while we're talking. I, I'm fairly sure we ours is 29 players. So there you go. We've got seven more players, albeit we've got about 10 injured, so we've probably got less than them technically. <laughs> yeah. Um, John Brady's an interesting one as manager, isn't he? Because um, I, I recall going back to when we did our season preview last season rather than this season. We all thought it was a risky stick uh, appointment sticking with him, wasn't it? After they'd gone down, he was sort of temporarily in charge when Curl left and he got the job permanently and we thought, someone with not really much experience, but from what Danny's saying there, it sounds like he's a, obviously he's Australian born, so he's not a local lad, but he's been living in the area for so long and he's been a part of the setup for so long. He gets the club and that sometimes helps, doesn't it? Especially after you've had someone oh, like, definitely. like definitely. Curl, who's a bit of a, you know, someone who's, you know, yeah, you know, have coat will travel. You know what I mean. He's somebody who you know will happily jump ship if he needs to. He's not really somebody yeah. who stays on too long or worries about the long term future of the club, does he? The impression is that Brady does do that.
2: Yeah, uh, no, he's, he's he's done very well. You know, I mean, like mm. I say, you know, they just missed out last year. They didn't click in the playoffs, but uh, this season they've been excellent. So, no, he's he's done really well. Yeah, he really has.
1: I mean, you've got some mates, haven't you, in Northampton. What what, were what their thoughts on this season? Have you had a chance to speak to them? Or...
2: Yeah, they're happy enough, you know, they're, they're doing well. Uh, they had a little wobble, sort of, in uh, October. Hmm. But, uh, you know, they've, they've won a couple on the road, uh, Gillingham and Bradford. I think the drew was Tranmere last time, didn't they?
1: yeah well that's, that's the, the last time out it was a nil-nil draw against trammie rose obviously like yeah. us their game last weekend was called off because of the yeah, yeah, yeah. Weather. So the last time they played was against trammie rose it was a nil-nil draw and n not quite the force they were this season are they they're struggling a little bit and um and actually home form wise isn't great of late they've the last four games they've drawn three and and lost one so they haven't won in the last four which you know what, what does car united do best eh end runs <laughs> like that don't okay. they but there you go and, and away form wise we, we're the second best in the division at the moment we haven't lost in our last six away games I think or or maybe, some, no, maybe last no, five enough, enough, enough
2: of these records enough yeah. of these records
1: yep yeah, there you go um, but yeah it, it's it'll be interesting to see how, how, how they get on um, over the season overall um, I'm just trying to pick out the talking points here again um, yeah in terms of their squad former Blues in there Jack Sowerby someone who was here. One of those sort of loan signings that came in, wasn't he, when he came in first, and we were like, what are we doing with signing a midfielder from, you know, Fleetwood Town's B team, whoever it was, or the under 23s, on loan. And actually it turns out he's a very good footballer, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> really good player. He's kind of one of those players we had a loan, and he's one of the ones you could realistically sign that you would have wanted to sign, wouldn't you? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. The impact he made was like... <laughs> Really strong over oh, excuse me. Sorry. I'm, <laughs> 20... I'm
2: having a, a sneeze right. episode. Right. Like,
1: done? Yeah. Okay, I'll do that again. Jesus. Yeah, over those 25 games that he played, he, he was, you know, he, also that he played, he was a good player, wasn't he? He was a good technical footballer. He slotted in quite nice. He scored a couple of, I mean, that goal he scored at Alden. I remember that one where he did that little drag back and took it away from the defender it was an absolute beauty but Fleetwood just wanted to stick with him, didn't they? And in the end, he left to go and get first-team football after Fleetwood didn't really pick him that much and went to Northampton, and he's done fairly well. I think he's a bit, bit of a deeper-sitting midfielder now. Um, yeah. In our squad, Brendan Dickinson used to play for them on loan. Obviously, not playing for us at the moment, sadly. Um, and Ryan Edmondson, a, a short loan spell there. I think they were sort of in agreement that he clearly had something, but he was quite young and a bit raw. Yeah, it, was it wasn't really quite good. right for him. And that seems to have been the story for most of his loan spells, I think, when you look back. I mean, I, th- I think yeah. Aberdeen was a prime example where he went there with big expectations and just didn't really hit the ground running at all. Portville's the nearest he got, where their fans were quite keen to keep him, weren't they, Last in the summer? And he obviously came yeah. to us. So he'll probably have a point to prove, I hope, this weekend if the game goes ahead. Um, should we talk about the Blues then, Dan? Um Yeah. What do you do for this game then? the It's weird because obviously not having the Barrow game, there's no sort of, it's two weeks since the last game we played it. There's no real point to work from, is there, in terms of what do we do with, with X player here and there? So would you make any changes from the game, for the team that faced uh, Sutton?
2: I think on paper, you don't really, do you?
1: Because Gibson came back in, didn't they? Gibson came in for, or uh, well, Gibson, uh, Gibson charters kept his place. It was Guy that came in for charters. Yes, yeah, sorry,
2: Guy had been off
1: under. Uh... Yeah. So the, uh, Gibson's maybe the only one I'd have a question over because he he was hit and missing that game against yeah. um, against Sutton. He didn't really make the impact you would hope. You know, you'd hope he starts yeah. to find his form again. And he's he's just a little bit off the ball at the moment. So when I, you go, I
2: think, I think it'll be the same as Sutton, barring any... Uh, although Feeney could be back, couldn't yeah. Be, the talk morning, is that so. the Feeney
1: should be fit again. He looks; he certainly looked yeah. fit in the in the Horseshoe Bar in Glasgow, didn't he? Yeah, at the weekend, when he was singing his
2: uh, Jamie Webster
1: song. Anyone who hasn't seen it, if you go on social media on the Be Just Unfair fair Facebook group, there's, there's a brilliant video of the the players having their Christmas night out with the Adam players, actually, um, at the Horseshoe Bar in um, in Glasgow. And Morgan Feeney's well on known, the stage.
2: Well done, karaoke. Yes, yeah.
1: yeah it's, I mean, it's ah. literally like two minutes walk from Central Station, and. Uh yeah, Feeney's belting out a song by Jamie Webb, who's a, a fellow Scouser. So, uh, yeah, and then, as I think it was, you said that it, it proves that all Scousers singing sound exactly the same. Yeah, <laughs> I think uh, it was
2: a combination of Feeney singing and the, the backing track playing as well. But yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the Scousers... Sound Scouts
1: when they're singing. They, they do. To be fair, but yeah, no. It, it looks like the lads had a good night out, and most importantly, there's no there's no report of any the police being involved in anything, which is what you want to hear, isn't it? This time of year, hopefully, because yeah. we don't want players missing. But there you go. Um, yeah. So in terms of the only other question is maybe whether Joel Senior comes onto the bench in place of Duncan Ayrehead, possibly, possibly again. Possibly. But then I good, suppose good if Feeney comes, comes in, I suppose you maybe don't need to. So. Yeah. yeah. Interesting to see how that goes. Um, only a bit in terms of fitness news, yeah? a bit of bad news. What? Amari Patrick isn't he? he? Had a bit, a little bit of a setback on his return, hasn't he?
2: Yeah, probably looking at new year now, aren't we?
1: Yeah, it's a real shame because I think the hope was he'd be back for maybe either this weekend or Boxing Day, but yeah. Three, two or three more weeks, maybe, but we we want to get him back fully fit. That we we don't want to miss him yeah, on yeah. getting injured again. So. It's,
2: it's, again, it's going to be like a new signing in January again, isn't
1: he? Yeah, and as an option off the bench, that kind of pace will will terrify teams. You don't. Yeah. there you go. Um, right, well, let's do the match predictions then. Dan, you can go first. I'm going to go for a solid one all draw, Christian Dennis. Okay, well, when I did the preview for the um, Northampton Town podcast, I went. With us nicking a 2-1 win, and I went both goals, Ryan Edmonton. So I'm not going to change my mind. I'm going to stick with that. So Ryan Edmonton double and a 2-1 win.
3: Uh, right, let's have uh, Mike's prediction. So I am going to go for a 1-0 win with Owen Moxon getting
1: the goal. Ooh, all three of us got different scores this week. So yeah, interesting to see what happens with that. I mean, the only way we can all get points is if we win 3-0 and... Uh, all three of them score, <laughs> but in that case, yeah, yeah. No, none of us will get any points for the result, will we? So there you go. Um, right, let's go on to the uh files section, down. We're going to cover last weekend, this weekend, just gone, and some other bits as well, aren't we? Yeah,
2: uh, I'm just getting my list up. Uh, Cole Stockton scored his first goal in 18 league appearances as Morecambe drew one all at home to Exeter on, on a Friday night game his
1: farm properly dropped off didn't it? after they yeah, basically yeah. turned down any funny enough it was in one of
2: the papers of the weekend and there a mm. couple of teams after him again
1: well he, he's out of contract isn't he I think in the summer so yeah. I think Morecambe will probably want to cash in and get their 20-30 grand off him yeah. now and let him go weren't they
2: he, he is one who's been out injured all season uh, Zanzala scored a late winner for Newport as a beat one of his former club's crew 2-1 I think it was his first game back so he'll have been been happy with that
1: definitely
2: Uh, regular Paddy Madden target Stockport beat Hartlepool 5-0 the other week yeah Uh, Kedwin Scott got uh, his ninth league goal of the season for Notts County 4-1 win at Scunfoor Tristan Abraham scored the only goal of the game from the penalty spot. He's easily beat born and Wood one 0 He hasn't scored he, many from
1: open play, has he? Uh, Tristan yeah, Abraham yeah. this season. But there you
2: go. Jack Bridge is in again. Yeah, scored a South End. Uh, the two all draw home to Alderney. Mm. Those were the weekend before last. Yeah, uh, weekend just gone. Obviously, not too many games. Max Ama scored for Gillingham in the dramatic three-two FA Cup replay win. That was actually the mid Yeah. Uh, Josh Todd scored for Queen and South in a 4-2 winner Alloa Callum Higginbottom scored for Kelty in their 1-0 draw with Linfield in the Scottish Challenge Cup You're going to have to so explain I'm that to people that, yeah. Basically the Scottish Challenge Cup has a couple of Northern Irish and Welsh teams in it for some obscure reason Yeah. Uh, Olamola scored for Wealdstone, 3-0 draw with Bromley and Mark Beck scored in Darlington's 6-2 win at Gloucester. That's a good win on the road,
1: isn't it's it? Ridiculous that Gloucester City yeah. in the National League North. Uh, but...
2: round-up round up of ex-players and managers over the last couple yeah. of weeks. Uh, Chris Beach, he yeah. has a new job. Director of football role at AFC Fylde, alongside ex-Blue Adam Murray, who became manager a few weeks back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave Rogers, there's a blast. Yeah. He's left his coaching role at Notts Forest. I think he was involved in the Under-21, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah. He's a new manager of Finn Harps in the League of Ireland. Was it Rogers who went to play in Ireland?
1: Yeah, he played it. I think we got him from Ireland, possibly, actually. As well. Yeah, yeah. He had an yeah, interesting so he... career, didn't he? He, he, he? That that famous game at uh, Tranmere in the FA Cup, the one everyone remembers yeah. for. where he basically tried to get into the crowd to fight someone, didn't he? So, uh, yeah, so yeah man, I'm just double-checking. He started at Chester City. Well, he's at Everton, actually, originally as a youth player. Chester, S- Southport, Dundee, Air United, did, did a few clubs in Scotland. He was at Porter Down before he came to us. Yeah, that's And then he's a belter. He went to Camber-Livaden in, in oh, Holland. Oh, yes,
2: in Holland, yeah, Camber, and, yeah. And then he
1: basically spent the rest of his career playing in Ireland for Shelbourne, Derry, St. Patrick's, Sporting Fingal, Dundalk, Lisbon D- Distillery, uh, Cork City, Limerick, Monaghan United, Drahida United and Bohemians, so... Um so yeah, he's 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 basically done the hard yards in Ireland, so he probably knows the league fairly well.
2: <laughs> Leo Varden being the uh, subject of a great half man, half biscuit song.
1: Uh, join Leo Varden, yeah. yeah amazing song. Half
2: balls it. coming home.
1: Amazing song. Anyways, uh
2: Keith Curl was made permanent at Hartlepool. Uh he had been some sort of temporary manager, uh, I mean,
1: hadn't he? Like just that, that Keith Curl wanted amazing timing there for that though. They announced it on the Saturday morning, wasn't it? And then they got battered 5-0 in the yeah. game that he, he he was involved in. Ridiculous. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
2: Stephen O'Halloran's retired from playing. He's mm. been around non-league for a couple of years. And yeah. um, give me two there, released by Yeovil Mutual consent. Yeah,
1: I kind of feel bad for him because he, he's clearly just not settled in the UK now, is he? I think that, that's that been the problem. I, uh, that... I think it's time for him to go. I think
2: the problem is, if he goes back to France, the level he'll play at... is very low. Uh, yeah, I don't think he'll make as much money, will
1: really. he? No, that, that's the problem today, I think. And, yeah. and the thing is, he it, it's sad, really, because that first few months with us, he he looked so excited. He looked like he'd offer something really different and, you know, be be the real X-Factor in the team. And then he got that red card against Exeter and then not being able to have family come over, not being able to go visit them, really, because of all the current yeah, restrictions. Yeah. I think that really affected him and he's never really re- recovered in that as, sense, has I it? think
2: he'd be better getting a team around the M25. yeah. Where they can get a Eurostar back now and again.
1: Yeah, that'll probably be the best thing you would know, do. Uh, yeah. But yeah, good good luck to Gimmy. uh whatever he does next. Um, and that's it Dan, for this week. Um, yeah. Uh, hopefully the game goes ahead this weekend. I don't. Have to... Looking at the weather in Northampton, it's not getting above freezing, is it? I think until Sunday. So
2: Northampton have said today. Uh, John Coleman had an article yeah. that they're happy at the moment. The pitch held up well. Uh, it's been covered for a week. They've had the covers off during the day to wear it. They are expecting a couple of colder nights, but they're they're hopeful. I mean, we will be travelling on the
1: Friday, so... Isn't that exactly what we said, (laughs) pretty much? Near enough, we said that the pitch pitch was winning, didn't we, on like Tuesday?
2: Apparently on the Tuesday or
1: Wednesday, it was. Yeah. But it just got silly cold so yeah that's the problem isn't it but there you go yeah so yeah um hopefully the game will go ahead but we'll have to wait and see um we'll be back next week with an episode we'll have the john halpin interview episode out early in the week but also we're going to do like a, a christmas special aren't we i think dan we're going to sort of we're going to preview the free christmas fixtures the games Aww. against um who's it against again i can't remember bradford, bradford crew, crew and, and doncaster. doncaster yes correct yeah. um so we'll preview those games but we'll also do like a little sort of 22 review, maybe, looking back at what's happening. Yeah, the, well, uh, we, we've,
2: we've got a free Saturday on the 7th, haven't we, against yeah. Hartlepool, so, so we could sort of do a, a mid-term review. So, so. Absolutely. So
1: we'll be doing a yeah. few bit different bits over the next few weeks, but uh, yeah. just keep an eye out, as usual, on the usual places where you get your pods. So, uh, Dan, thanks so much for joining me. No more. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and up the blues. Up the blues. Up the blues.